There's an old phrase, remember back in school, I don't know, maybe here at work, I don't know, it'd be kind of weird, but maybe you do. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never what? Hurt me? You guys ever heard that before? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. You know what I say to that one is another phrase, liar, liar, pants on fire. Now words hurt, don't they? I mean, words hurt. Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch. Let's take our Bibles uh, with that launching pad to James, James chapter 1. Pray that you have uh, your Bible and something to write with there. There should be a note sheet on your pew in front of you. And we want to dig into the Word today. And again, thinking of this thought of, yes, I will. You know, what does it mean to say yes to the Lord? What does it mean to walk in obedience? What does it mean uh, to walk in surrender? What does it mean to walk in, in total commitment where, where you're holding nothing back? Well, what does that look like? Just even, even think through that as we open the Word together, as we see what James tells us. But, but I want us to think through this lens right now of, of yes, I will. Uh, especially in what's going on in our country right now. Uh, you're watching the news. You're seeing what's going on. Just uh, rioting, again, looting. You see what happens with this virus and the fear and, and just all that's going on right now. Where does our yes fit into that? Where does the mission fit into that? Where does the gospel fit into that? Where does advancing the gospel, being the missionary for Christ, where does that fit into all of this? How does that play out? Total commitment, total surrender, the total obedience, holding nothing back, active faith, not passive faith but a faith that says, yes, I will. A faith with no conditions, no, no strings attached. A faith that says, look, I will just do whatever you want me to do. Because you know this, I don't have to tell you this, but you know that total obedience to Christ is where the blessing is found in life. That's where the joy is. When we rejoice always, even in the midst of the struggle, even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst where we question God and we say, God, am I doing the right thing? I don't know if this is really your will, but we step out in faith and say, I'm going to get into that Jordan River and I'm going to trust you to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm going to expect you to part the waters as I say, God, here's my yes and it's just not on the table, but I'm going to give you everything, God. When we live in that, there's a freedom. A supernatural freedom that you can't explain in the finite mind. There's that supernatural peace that only comes from the Lord. And here James, in this glorious first chapter, as we trudge through, I pray we'll see there's joy in sharing the gospel. So here's our text today, James 1, 19 through 20, will be our primary text. And you'll see the title there on your notes, Two Ears and One Mouth. Two ears and one mouth, and we're going to see what James tells us about that. So here with the word, here's James 19 of chapter 1. It simply says this, Know this, who? My beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Why? Verse 20, For the anger of man does not produce... The righteousness of God. 
I know that these verses probably don't apply to you, just to me, probably to your neighbor. You guys got this one all buttoned up, right? This is so easy. Uh, No one struggles with this one, right? Quick to what? Listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You know, when you look at verse 18, though, I want to make sure we set our context. Remember, our context is king. So look in your Bible there at 18, and then we're going to unpack this together. So 18 says this, of his, of God's own will, he brought us forth, he draws, he stirs, he woos. How? By the word of truth. So don't miss that. So it's all about the word. It's all about the gospel. It's all about that being high and lifted up. Here's the why. That we should be that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And we talked about this last week, and, and God doesn't call you, listen closely, God doesn't call you and save you to sit on the sideline. He doesn't call us to a love relationship with him and partially change us. He's not looking to change our minds, he's looking to change our hearts. And when he gets in my heart and he gets in your heart, it is so deep when it's real. It is so vibrant when it's real. It cannot be contained. It's like Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, it's like a fire that, that shut up in my bones. In the midst of the trouble, Jeremiah, there he is. He's in derision all day long. He's the laughing stock. And yet he knew the mission. Do you know the mission? When we're truly saved, truly given our life to Christ, we will be on mission. There will be an intentionality, an urgency, a fervency to live every day, every moment to make a difference for His glory. And yet, James throws in this verse 19, which is such a struggle, isn't it? Know this, my beloved brothers, let every... Every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So here it is. Let's pull it apart. So know this, those two words, know this. It literally means this, the original language, to to know something intimately with such the degree that there's a literal turning of the mind. So I want you to picture that for a moment. So so when James says, know this, he's saying, look, I want you to listen I want you to listen to me. I got something so mission critical, you can't miss this. What he's saying is, look, there's something here so mission critical that it's going to change your life, and I want you to shift your gaze. I want you to take your gaze from where it is, and I want you to shift it. Matter of fact, Paul would tell this to the church in Colossae. He would say this. He would say, set your mind on things above, Colossians 3, 2. Set your gaze Set the trajectory of your aim uh, where, you're, where you're shooting, so to speak, the arrows. Shoot that, aim that, as I'm saying, James is here going, I want you to know this. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the riots, in the midst of a virus, James is going, hey, over here, I got something really, really important. Turn your mind to it. He's talking to who? In your Bible, he says, well, my beloved brothers, who's that? Believers, member of the dispersion, but talking to us as well. And then he says these words, let every, don't miss that, let every, who's excluded from every person? Anyone? No, all of us, me, you, all of us, let every person, listen up, listen up, turn your gaze, turn your mind to, here's three commands. It literally is a clarion call. What's it say in your Bible? Number one, be quick to what? Hear. Slow to speak. 
slow to anger. So think about this for a moment. So being quick means this. It means to do so with haste. So we're going to see some plays on words here as we unpack this text today. So James is saying, look, I want you to do number one. And by the way, don't miss this. I certainly believe that these are in a particular order for a reason. Even just from a deductive reasoning standpoint, if you were to back away from the spiritual, which we're not, but if you were to back away from the spiritual, you will see practical advice here if you just do these in order. But we don't operate apart from the spiritual. We operate in the Holy Spirit, amen? And so because we operate in that, we understand there is a supernatural order here that's divine. That I don't believe James, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was bored one day and said, hey, these three ended up in my lap, and hey, let's just kind of put them where we want to. No, you're going to see very clearly, you're going to see very clearly from God's Word that out of the gate, he says this, be quick to do what? To hear. So again, think through this just very logically. So we have two ears typically. I got two ears. Uh, they're up kind of high, right? They're not down low. They're up high. There's a reason for this. The way that God designed you and I, that we have two ears and one mouth. And the two ears are up high, kind of like a radar antenna, kind of like a big GPS system, so to speak. They're up here, right? Taking in all the data, listening. And they're here for a reason. They're open. They're not closed. They're open. Don't miss this. There's a reason they're here high, and there's a reason they're open, because we must be quick to hear. Now, when he says hear, makes you understand this, he's just not talking about, I hear you. You guys ever been listening to someone, maybe, maybe your spouse, and you said, I hear you, but you didn't hear them. Like you, we have a gentleman who just raised his hand. We're going to pray over him afterwards. Appreciate your bravery. I hear you. No, I don't. I, I didn't hear you. I mean, I heard you talking, but did I hear you? And that's what James is getting at here. We listen, just not with the ear, but with the heart and the mind, the body language, right? We'll show them, are we really listening? Are we engaged? Are our eyes locked in and we're tuned in? This is so difficult in the flesh. I fail at this all the time. And yet this is mission critical. If we're really going to live a life that's honoring to the Lord, that shows that Jesus is our Lord, we're going to want to obey Scripture. Here, listen. What's he say next? Be what? Slow to speak. Now this is hard, isn't it? This is a struggle. This can be really, really difficult to be slow to speak. Think about this for a moment. So if I'm quick to hear, so my ears are up here and I'm perfect, I'm listening and I'm quick and I want to listen and I want to hear clearly and I want to understand clearly. Oh man, I just want to just be in God's word. I want to be in tune with God's word. I want to listen to those around me. But then I got this thing there that I talk with called what? The tongue, right? And James 3 shows us very clearly that James 3 says, look, this tongue, it's so small, this little member, but yet it wields such deadly poison, doesn't it? It cuts. There's an old phrase, remember back in school, I don't know, maybe here at work, I don't know, that'd be kind of weird, but maybe you do. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never what? Heard me? You guys ever heard that before? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. You know what I say to that one is another phrase, liar, liar, pants on fire. Now, words hurt, don't they? I mean, words hurt. 
I mean, if we want to tear someone down, we can do it very, very, very well with some words, can't we? Because we're quick. It's a reflexive, impulsive action, right? We're quick to speak, yet we're not slow to hear. Now think about the tongue for a moment. So where's the tongue located? It's in your mouth. And we got the ears up high and they're open. And then you got this little member which gives life and death or in the power of what? The tongue. And this tongue, where is it situated? Well, it's situated behind the teeth, behind your grill. And then you got lips as well, don't you? I mean, God really supernaturally, man, he developed this thing in a mighty way, didn't he? He barricades it behind two different entities. And still, I still struggle with this. It's barricaded. I got two of these up here. I should be listening, tuned in, dialed in. And yet there's so many times I'm struggling. There's war going on because, man, I want to talk, right? What's in my heart, the Word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, doesn't it? See, James says, look, I want you to listen here. i got to know this. Everybody, no one's excluded, he's saying, as he's proclaiming this truth. He says, every person reading, listening, I want you to be quick to listen. Slow, sluggish is what it means. In the Greek, it literally means, you could say this at a snail's pace. Sluggish, almost inactive. It's so slow, slow to speak. And then he says this, slow to what? become angry. Now, why would he put that in there? It's interesting, isn't it? I get the speaking and hearing thing. Why is he throwing in this anger thing? Well, you and I know this because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When I'm quick to speak, many times I'm speaking something that is not of righteous anger, but is certainly an unrighteous anger. The two go hand in hand. If I would just listen more and talk less, I would probably get in less trouble. Amen? I was thinking through that thought, and I couldn't help but think about key number one. I want you to write this down. Key number one. Here's key number one in your notes. If I desire to be slow to anger, I must first be quick to listen. Key number one, write it down in your notes. If I desire to be slow to anger, I first must be quick to listen. We we talked about this earlier, and, and listening is just not with the ears, although that's very important. Not negating that. It's very important. We gotta listen with the ears, but we gotta listen also with our minds, listen with the heart, listen with the body language. Here's something you could say, and I believe to be true, but true listening is self denial. Like this happens to me on occasion, probably more than it should, but you know, I'm so wrapped up in what I'm doing. And good things, by the way, good things. But if I'm not taking time to truly listen, there's an element of me not denying myself when I should. True listening is denying self and listening and taking that in. Now, this is very key because you can... I believe you can look at this from three different angles of what James is going at, and I believe they're all three to be true. Number one, remember in verse 18 in your Bible, the word of truth. So so don't miss this. Everything is our umbrella of the word of truth. So everything's under the word of truth that has protection. 
You could say it like this, that when you and I step outside of God and his will, we're outside of that umbrella. If I had an umbrella up here today, I could hold it up. You would see the umbrella. You'd see the ark. Maybe it was a 50-inch radius, let's say, and I'm under it. But the moment that I move the umbrella over and it's raining, I'm no longer under it and I get wet. Use that to the infinite extreme of what it means to be in Christ under God's umbrella of protection, his blessing, that we walk in that with security and hope and identity and joy. And here's what happens, church, that when we do that, when we do that, here's what happens, that there is comfort there, there's obedience there, there truly is a blessing there. So when you look at this text here, we should be quick to listen to the gospel. I mean, quick to hear it. For you, the believer today, for me, the believer, we should be hungry for the gospel. You say, preacher, I've already heard the gospel. Now I'm talking about the gospel of the entire scripture, the whole love story. We should be quick to hear it. We should want to hear it. And if we can make time to go to the movies and the ball games and spend hours upon hours of doing things that will never feed our soul, man, we should become a church that hungers for the word. I mean, just hungers for it. Man, we'll be quick to hear it. God, will you just speak to my life today? Man, will you show me a fresh and new God right now? Will you renew my mind? Will you speak to my heart, oh God? Will you do the work only you can do, God, is, is you from heaven to speak into my life today? God, will you do it? Want to be quick to hear it? Slow to give our personal commentary on it? Because so many times I'm wrong when I give my personal commentary. And i got to be very, 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 and this can be a struggle. i got to be slow to become angry with those who are not receiving the gospel like I want them to. doesn't mean we give up. doesn't mean that we say, hey, we're just going to throw in the towel. No, no, but there needs to be some patience and grace involved there. But also there's a real practicality in this because you look at verse 2 in your Bible and remember, they're going to count it all joy. You guys ever been in a trial? And have you ever noticed that at least for me, it's just me talking, but Man, when I'm in trials, there's times that's when I'm the most angriest. You know, I wish I could truthfully stand up here and say, you know, when I'm in a trial, man, me and God are just tight and we're just synced up and we're, we're jiving together and things are going well. To be quite blunt, there's many times where I'm in the struggle and the trial and that's where I get the most angriest. Perhaps James is communicating that as well. Hey, you're in the dispersion. You've been dispersed. There's struggles. There's heartache and pain. I've told you on the front end, count it all joy. Just rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And that's so hard to do when you're in the midst of the struggle and when the losses are piling up one after another and life doesn't make sense. And then what about the last thought would be, what about just that practical living? So you look at it from this context, the word of truth, the gospel. You look at it from this, that, hey, you're going through struggles, through trials. You look at it from this. You know what? If, if I am just simply quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, think about with me right now, church, in your sphere of influence, your family, your friends, your coworkers, how that practical model right there will transform your sphere of influence. See, again, that's why key number one, if I desire to be slow to anger, I first must be quick to listen. 
How many, how many poor decisions have you and I made? How many poor decisions have I made, have you made, where I were you were quick to speak and slow to listen? Like I typically don't help someone who's in a struggle and as the struggle is unfolding the story where I hear, you know what, I think I just waited way too long on the Lord to make the decision. I don't hear that. Matter of fact, from my own life, I know that. For more than one example, where I went ahead of the Lord, it got me in a whole bunch of trouble. No, we got to be quick to listen, just not auditory, but to listen to the Lord. Like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord God, I really want to do this. Man, I really want to do this. That's great. My question to me and you, does God want me and you to do this? We must wait on Him each and every day. That's why Proverbs gives us so much great encouragement. Write these verses down, supporting verses under key one. Here they go. Key number one, supporting verses. Proverbs 10, 19. Don't miss this. Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. Hmm. Picture that. One translation says it like this. When words are many, sin is not lacking. Look at the last part of that verse. But whoever restrains, holds back his lips, is prudent or wise. What a great verse that is. Let me read that again. Just let that sink into your mind and your heart and your soul right now. Proverbs 10, 19. When words are many, transgression or sin is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. How about Proverbs 13.3? Let's say in Proverbs for a moment. Write this one down. Proverbs 13.3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. So picture that. So, so now we have this life being preserved because the mouth has been guarded. The mouth has been shielded. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to destruction or ruin. Whoever guards his mouth preserves life. Whoever opens wide his lips comes to ruin destruction. You're listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. All of Pastor Couch's messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. In addition, you can share your prayer requests with us via email. Our email address for prayer requests is prayer at thisdayministries.org. That's prayer at thisdayministries.org. And now, back to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. How about Proverbs 29? Proverbs 29, 20. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Wow. Wow. Do you see a man who's hasty in his words, always wanting to reflex and speak? Boy, that's easy to do, isn't it? I know I've struggled with this, but there's times, and perhaps you have too, where you're talking with someone, and maybe it's an emotional conversation. You ever done this before? Where you're talking with them, and as they're talking, you're nodding your head, you're not listening, I'm not listening, you're nodding your head, and you're not listening though, because what are we doing? We're formulating what we're getting ready to say in response, aren't we? And if I would just listen, maybe what I was going to say 
would be revealed on the front end that I shouldn't say, and I'd stay in a whole lot of trouble. It's hard to do, though, isn't it? Because we got this pride in us, this pride. It's just, it's there, all of us. It's lurking. And again, when we feel like we've been punched, bam, don't we? Man, we just got to say something. We got to react. And James says, no, 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 that's not the way to do this. James says, look, I know you're going through a struggle. I know there's heartache. I know there's pain. You've been dispersed. Who knows what's going on in your world? But here's how you do this. No matter what's going on, be slow to speak, quick to listen. Because the anger that's lurking there for all of us will be slow to come to the surface when we're quick to listen and slow to speak. But I got to thinking about this this past week, and I thought, well, who, who do I know Who do I know that's wise? Actually, all of us should have someone, at least one person, in your life that's wise. There should always be that Paul-Timothy relationship. We should look for someone, find that person. For the woman, find that older, wiser woman, perhaps. For the man, the older, wiser man. It doesn't have to be older all the time. I've I've seen it the opposite on occasion. But we need to find that person that we can just sit and drink from. Just listen to. Tell me about your life. Tell me where you went off the rails. Help me so that I don't make the same mistakes in this. And when you think about that person, maybe right now you are. Maybe right now in your mind's out, you're going, man, that lady, she's wise. Like spiritually wise, we're talking about here. Spiritual wisdom. There's depth. It's like, Man, when she talks, when he talks, you're just like sitting there with your notepad hanging on every word. This is going to be amazing. Like, there's just gold nuggets everywhere. Think about that person, and then think about this thought. Are they quick to listen, and are they slow to speak? And as I began to process that, it's like the light bulb went on. It's like, wow. Wow. Is that not so true? That person I'm thinking of right now is quick to listen and very slow to speak. James, here's the why. Here's the why from James. Look at verse 20. Here's the why. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So so think about this. So when that word for there, you see it there on the screen, When you look at that in the Greek language, it actually can be translated this, because. So look at that. So because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So when I am angry, not a righteous anger, we'll talk about that in a moment, but when I am angry, when I am in the flesh, when I'm flying off the handle, what I'm doing is this, I'm actually a billboard going, at least right now, I'm not showing the righteousness of God. What's righteous? Well, righteous is this, anything that's acceptable to God. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3, 9. He said, having been found in Christ, not having my own righteousness. So this is how this works for every human being. Whether they like it or not, you know, people say, I can take Jesus or leave him. No, you can't. No, you can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Not gonna happen. There's gonna be a day where you can't take Jesus and leave him. Can't do it. We're all going to stand face to face in judgment. And Paul knew it. He knew the secret. 
He had boiled down the secret to one small phrase in Philippians 3, 9. He says this, having been found in him, Christ, not having my own righteousness. See, the challenge with the prideful flesh is we want to somehow get ourselves there, don't we? We threw our pridefulness when I meant I brought myself here. No, we didn't. No, God brought me here. God brought you here to Him, to His glory, to His praise. And we're found in Him, not having our own righteousness. That's what righteousness means. God is righteous. He's holy. He's sanctified. He's just. He's pure. He's undefiled. That's God. That's who He is. And as the word goes forth, even right now, we want to be a people that live in righteousness. We want to pursue holiness. Not that people would see us. Actually, just the opposite. That they would see you and me and that we're all messed up. I'm messed up. But they would see prayerfully Christ in us, the hope of glory, as the word of God dwells in us richly. Remember, we're under the word. We're under the word. And right now, people are hungry for something. They're open. They're open right now in the midst of this virus, in the midst of all the utter insanity going on across our country. And it is utter insanity. Here's what it really is. It's people trying to solve a spiritual crisis with a man-made solution. That's exactly where we are right now. Yeah, we don't need God. We don't need His Word. I know we were founded on those principles. I get that. That's fine. We appreciate Him. We don't need Him. Really? Right now, like Old Testament, everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes, and then we wonder why the train is off the rails. we got to get under the Word. got to get under the Word. It's this simple. Just under submission to the Word. If I don't joyfully submit to the Word, how will I joyfully submit to those that are put in authority over me? Well, you won't. That's why it doesn't matter. Hey, I'm not submitting to the Word. I don't care what you said. I don't care what the laws are. I'm going to do whatever I want. And there's this mass rebellion going on right now. Just mass rebellion. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. The light of the gospel doesn't shine the brightest where it's the brightest. It shines the brightest where it's the darkest. So what does that tell you and me right now? What that should tell you and me right now is if there was ever a time to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's now. It's now. Like, it's now. I mean, we got to get to the streets. There has to be an urgency. There has to be a fervency. We can no longer dilly-dally around and Mickey Mouse this thing. It is high time we mobilize and take the gospel to the streets, watch God work. Let's pray for the revival. Let's pray for the awakening. Let's pray for the reformation. I believe my God is able. And I pray you do too. But if I'm going to do that, i got to be what? Quick to listen, God. I'm listening. i got to be slow to speak. And the byproduct of that two-phase formula is that I will be slow to become unrighteously angry. I love key number two. Here it is. When the word of truth is not governing us, when the word of truth is not governing us, our response to the trials of life will not reflect the righteousness of God. Let me say that again. Key number two. When the word of truth is not governing us, our response to the trials of life will not reflect the righteousness of God. 
Remember, right there in verse 20, here's the why. Look at it in your Bible. For because the anger of man, this vengeance, this wrath of man. Here's the parallel. So you have wrath of man. You have righteousness of God. So picture that, church. you got two extremes here. Wrath of man, righteousness of God. And you can kind of see where we're going, can't you? I mean, you see what's going on in our culture today. Don't see a whole lot of righteousness of God going on right now. See a lot of wrath of man. Do you see what happens when we live in the wrath of man? How everything is just chaos, just utter foolishness, wickedness, chaos. That's why we got to get back to the Word, get back to the glory of God. For the anger of man does not, it cannot, cannot, it cannot produce this. We'll never get to this while we live in this. We'll never get over here to this as long as we're hanging on to this. We've got to get away from this, which is the wrath of man, and cling with reckless abandon, with every fiber of our being, with utter fervency to the righteousness of God. You know, I was thinking about that, and think about this for a moment. Think about the times where we get so angry, not righteous anger, not, not at things that, that displease the Lord. And again, by the way, let me make a quick, quick caveat. We never advocate, listen very clearly, we never advocate, even for those things that displease the Lord, we never advocate where we take a violent response. I want to make sure we're clear on this. Let's use like an abortion clinic bombing for an example. Uh, we know the Lord hates that. He forgives that. But, but we never, because we are righteously angry, now go bomb abortion clinics. Amen? That's not what we do. That's not going to win them to the Lord. It's not going to win them. It's not going to happen. Okay? It's not what we do. But I'm talking about a righteous response. Where we, can, we can be angry though, right? Especially in our prayer closets. Man, we can be angry. Say, Lord, I want to pound on the door of heaven today because man, I know this grieves you and because I'm in you, because I'm walking with you, it grieves my heart. But think about this. So let's walk away from righteous and let's go back into unrighteous anger, which I've been there and I'm sure all of us have at some point. Have you ever thought about, it dawned on me this past week, have you thought about, as I did, the damage, the damage I've done when I lived in unrighteous anger towards someone else? The damage. Like there's damage there. Not saying it can't be forgiven. Not saying it can't be repaired. God can do anything. His grace is deeper still. But there's damage there. And as I began to process that here, just in the last couple of days, it really began to speak to my mind and convict me that I have to be quick to hear. Slow, slow. Keep that thing behind those two barricades. Just keep it in there. And prayerfully then, the anger that's not righteous anger will then be suppressed and will not come out. I thought about a couple other thoughts here, and I want to give you some verses, though, as well. Let's give you some verses. How about Proverbs? Let's go back to Proverbs. Proverbs 26, 4 through 5. Proverbs 26, 4 through 5. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Is that not good? You ever done that before? I know. I'm thinking of one instance where I actually did that, and I actually, in front of other people, became like that guy. 
Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you become like him. Verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. How about Ecclesiastes 9 from Solomon, the wise man who struggled? Ecclesiastes 9, 17, the words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. <laughs> Think of that quote that was attributed to a couple folks, but better to be silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Isn't that good? Better to be silent and be thought, hey, he's foolish, he's foolish, than to actually speak and go, okay, all doubt's been removed. But what wisdom that is from the author of that quote. Going back to Proverbs, write this one down. Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. I love this. Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. Make no friendship. It's a command. Make no friendship with a man given to anger. Remember, bad company corrupts. So who we hang around with is typically who we become. We're in the world, but not of it. Got to make sure who we're hanging around with. What's the rest of the verse say? Nor go with a wrathful man. Why? Lest you learn. That word learn there in the Hebrews means this, that over time, over time, you are learning these ways. I mean, you learn it, don't you? And we're going to remember this. You got to remember this. Satan is much more patient than any of us will ever be. Like he will wait a lifetime for you or I to go off the rails. We learn it, don't we? We just learn it. We're around wrathful, angry people. If we're not in the Word, if we're not under-governed, remember, governed by the Word, not under the Word of truth, we will begin to learn these ways. And as we learn the ways, guess what starts happening? Now we start acting on the ways, don't we? We act. We now begin to take action on what we're learning. We learn truth, and we act from truth. We learn anger, and we begin to learn in this unrighteous anger. And what's the last part of the verse say there? You learn his ways and you entangle yourself in a snare. You entangle yourself in a snare. You've, you've done this, I've done this, and you're walking near a tree and you walk into that cobweb. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You guys ever done that? When you walk into that cobweb and then immediately you're like, oh no, what if there's a spider in there? Ah! For you that hate spiders, man, it's nuts, isn't it? Man, you are just, you're hitting your head. Man, you're Baptocostal. You're just, your arms are flailing. You're praying people aren't watching out the windows going, what's the preacher doing over there, man? He's dancing out in the driveway. What's going on? Man, you're just flipping out, aren't you? You get entangled. And what happens, I notice, is, is that the more I begin to pull on it, it's like the more, it, the worse it got. I was just ensnared, entangled. That's the visual. That's the visual of sin in general, but especially here. This anger that's unrighteous, when we begin to learn these ways, we are just handcuffed, we are trapped, we are ensnared. And that's why it's important that we listen. We listen, we listen. And we speak less. You know, we all have opinions. I got opinions, you got opinions. Opinions are good. They sharpen us. Prayerfully, they'll move us towards good decisions, godly decisions, but the thought dawned on me this week, I need to make sure that I'm asking God which opinions He wants me to share. And just that thought alone that I've paused, <laughs> I'm sluggish to speak, I'm slow to speak. God, what do you want in this? What do you want? And prayerfully, we can look back later. You ever done this before? I know I have. You ever done this where you look back later on a situation or a person 
and you go, I am so glad. I am so glad I didn't say anything. That would have been an absolute nightmare. What a fool I would have looked like in front of everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Isn't that so true? Man, this little member called this tongue, it's barricaded behind the teeth and the lips, and then it wheels, doesn't it? Just like a serpent, this deadly, deadly poison. So here's your takeaway question. Takeaway question, here it is. Three questions. We'll give you two bonus rounds. How's that? Number one, am I quick to listen? Just answer that. Am I quick to listen? Number two, am I slow to speak? And then number three, which is going to play off the first two answers, am I slow to anger? Do I get angry at the word of truth, the gospel? Again, so many times we're really angry at the truth, aren't we? We're angry at it because we've been exposed. I've been exposed for perhaps sin that I'm dealing with, and I'm angry, but I'm really angry at the truth. Now let's submit to the truth. Let's give glory to the truth. And that's why our action step is so important. Here's our action step. Action step. I will seek God to enable me. Don't miss that part. I will seek God to enable me to listen quickly, be cautious to speak, cautious, pump the brakes, be cautious, and then resist unrighteous anger. Action step. I will seek God. Don't try this in your own strength. It will never happen. It will never happen. You may succeed for a moment. This is not sustainable long term. You can't do it. This is an act of the Lord. I will seek God to enable me to listen quickly, be cautious to speak, and resist unrighteous anger. George Whitfield, the great evangelist, one of my favorites of all time, he said this quote, and I think it's going to hopefully drive this point home of, of suffering, of counting it all joy, of rejoicing always, of putting our yes on the table. He said it like this, all trials are for two purposes, that we may be better acquainted with our own wicked hearts, number one, and that we may be better acquainted with our beloved Savior. Isn't that good? See, the trials that you're going through today, the trials that I'm going through today are to prune and refine us and to make us more like Christ, Romans 8, 29. And in that process, when the heart is humble, when the heart is contrite, when the heart is open and says, God, I'm just going to rip the heart open here as you gloriously do it by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to do the heart surgery on me and see if there's any wicked way in me. Prayerfully, God, that through that process, I'm going to see. I'm going to see clearly. I'm going to own it. I'm going to call it what it is. I'm going to say, there it is. I see it in me. I see the struggle. And then as we do that in the very process, this is the power of the gospel. This is the transforming power of the gospel right here. That when we get honest and open and we own it, we go, yeah, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm not blame shifting, not passing the buck, no more spiritual hot potato. I'm looking in the mirror. There it is. And we begin to own it. Here's the power of the gospel. I love this. See, the power of the gospel doesn't say, hey, uh, you are a worthless loser. I'm going to leave you there. Done. You made your bed. You sleep in it. That's not the gospel. The gospel is this, when the heart is truly open, when the heart is full of repentance and humility and contrition, here's what God says. God says, on this one I will look. On this one I will look. 
He who trembles at my word and he who is humble in heart. See, God's going to look on that. And he says this, oh, I see what's going on in your life now. I'm not going to say you're worthless. I'm going to tell you you're now worthy. I'm going to make you worthy. All your junk, all your mess, because you're contrite and repenting, I'm going to take your mess and create the message. I'm going to take all those trials and create the testimony through the test. I'm going to take those trials and create what? The triumph in your life. Because when we look at Christ and see how great He is, prayerfully you and I will see how much we really need Him and how wicked we are. Are we quick to listen? Are we quick to listen to the gospel today? Are we hungry? Are we thirsty? Are we slow to speak and slow to become angry? Father, we come before you in this time, and oh God, I pray. I pray for these simple verses, just simple. A child can understand these verses. And yet, God, why do I as an adult struggle with these verses? It's so simple. It's so elementary. And yet I as an adult struggle with these verses. God, I pray that right now we would build an altar, each one of us. Every person in the room pray we'd build an altar and say, God, I just want to live for you. My yes is on this altar in front of me. And perhaps today, God, my, my yes needs to be that I need to be quick to listen. And slow to speak from this day forward. And maybe my yes is, God, I have an anger problem. and It's on the altar. I can read all the books and all the pop psychology, but the bottom line is that I need you to do a work in my heart, ultimately. God, don't allow us to rebel and to be stiff-necked and hard-hearted, but God, I pray that myself and every person in the room today would just simply not only put our yes on the altar, God, I pray we'd put our lives on the altar right now. And so, God, whatever you want to do in this time of invitation as we sing, as we pray, as we kneel, as we bow, God, our simple cry today is this, not unto us, not unto us, O God, but to your name we give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. God, do the work in this room. Do it now. Bend us, break us. Do whatever you got to do to begin the revival. Use us as the spark. And we pray this in the mighty, in the matchless name of King Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen. You've been listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. Don't forget that all of these messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. That's thisdayministries.org. In addition, if you have been blessed by the teaching of God's Word during This Day in the Word, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is info at thisdayministries.org. Thanks again for listening as we strive to honor Christ and impact our world as we spend this day in the Word.